Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If you can liken the book of Ephesians to a car, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and chapter 3, verse 13, is the engine. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, is the ignition switch. And chapters 4 through 6 is the roadmap for where and how to drive. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, is like a cry from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as we focus on Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, and look at three requests in Paul's prayer in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Filled Up to All the Fullness of God. Now, in case you need another reminder, this is one of many dozens of passages in uh, the Scripture that make it clear you cannot practice Christianity apart from the local church. This is something that takes place with all the saints. Now, I'm not saying you have your sins forgiven by uniting with the church. I'm not saying that salvation is by church membership or even participation in the church. Salvation is very personal. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's, that's your personal responsibility. That's your personal faith. By grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, not as a result of works that no one may be able to boast. But the instant you are saved you become a member of a body. Just like all the different members, all the different pieces and parts of your body have to work together in harmony, we belong to each other. And so this is something we do with all the saints. So you who are with on live stream today because it's not wise for you to be here in person, just be sure that's a temporary situation because we need each other. We belong to each other, and we need to practice this love of God that we now comprehend because we've been rooted and grounded in His love. Do it with all the saints. Let's consider for a couple of minutes how this works out. The kind of love that you're being called to here goes way beyond feelings, and we have no less than Jesus Himself as a great example. Dirk earlier alluded to John chapter 13. Let's look at a couple of other verses there. John 13, 34 and 35. Before He went to the cross with His disciples around the table at that Passover meal, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. As they see you one anothering, 
they will understand there's something behind this. And that will give you an opportunity to share the reason for the hope that is in you. Now, in that context, how had Jesus just loved the disciples? Well, they came to that meal. When they got there, they were in the midst of one of their favorite things. They were having a discussion over which one of them would be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And there were no servants around. So Jesus took the towel and washed the dusty feet of the disciples who were arguing over which is the greatest. Okay? How do you think Jesus was feeling at, those mo- at that moment about those disciples? Now, he was perfect. He didn't have a sinful thought in that. Oh, how disappointing that must have been to him. But he loved them. He says in chapter 15, verse 13, later that that evening, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And by the way, he loved them all the way to the cross. Now, we don't love each other by going and getting somebody to crucify us so that their sins can be forgiven. All right, that's the ultimate example. But lay down your life. Well, what is your life? Well, it's who you are, the stuff you have, the time you have. You invest that in other people. That's how you demonstrate love. And our passage is telling you, you have a resource for doing that. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 puts it this way. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. Would you like to hear that in Ephesians 3 terminology? You are rooted and grounded in love. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So if you want to apply this, you might call it learning to love by faith. If you equate love with good feelings towards someone, you're never going to get to the point of loving as Jesus loved. I guarantee you will never have the same feelings for everyone. I mean, the ones you don't know, you don't have any feelings for. And the ones you do know, well, they're as screwed up as you are. They will disappoint you from time to time. Rare is the, is the human relationship that there's no negative part of. As a matter of fact, that's impossible. But if Philippians 2.2 2 says that we are commanded to have the same love for everyone. Not feel the same way about everyone, but have the same love. Love is not feelings. Now, feelings can be a delightful corollary to loving someone. But feelings themselves are not love. Love songs notwithstanding, it's not about the feelings. Love is using the spiritual resources and the physical resources that God gives you in order to serve the needs of others. And it is accomplished by the work, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The next time you see a need, you should ask 
can I play a part in meeting that need? And if you can, and you go do it, you have the ironclad promise, God will enable you to do that thing because He is the power who is at work within you by His Holy Spirit. 1 John 3.17 puts it this way, But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? And the implied answer is, well, it doesn't. Now, I said love can generate some feelings. Let me illustrate that for you. Go buy a stock. Go buy stock in something. Suddenly, you will have feelings for what happens in the stock market. Completely outside of yourself. Why? Because you have invested in it, right? You will have feelings for people that you invest in. It will deepen your compassion. It will stretch your your sympathetic bones. It will sometimes uh, frustrate you into greater and greater patience. But you'll care. But it starts with action. John wrote in the next chapter of 1 John, though he didn't call it a different chapter, chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Would you like me to translate that into Ephesianese? Having been rooted and grounded in love. All right. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Or, in Ephesians, he works by the power of his Spirit within us in the inner man. He goes on to write, By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because Fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because He first loved us, or having been rooted and grounded in love. We love because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So-called love that doesn't take action on behalf of someone else is not love. Over in 1 Corinthians 13, that famous love chapter, love is patient, love is kind, all those things. If you look at that in the Greek, you'll find that every description of love is not an adjective. It's not pretty. It's not blue. Uh, they're, all, they're all verbs. Love is action. You have to describe it with action words. You can't take a, 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 a capture love in a, in a still picture. It has to be a movie. It's got to have moving parts to it. Now back to our text. So that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Great word picture to describe the vastness of Christ's love. He probably uses architectural terms because he's been using the metaphor of a building off and on since back in chapter 2. But the breadth describes God's love extending all the way from Jews to Gentiles, groups that hated each other. Same love, both groups, same Savior. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.